0: Mahomes has the time, delivers perfectly downfield, touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a roll, this one out of touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Can he catch it?
3: He did. Hello, everyone, welcome back to Rodoviz Overtime and Rodoviz Radio, brought you by untucket my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to Martin. and as always i'm joined by my co-host mr sean siegel one of the co-owners at rotoviz sean we had an exciting weekend of action uh, as we mentioned last week we're doing the, the two shows a week for the the next couple of weeks and probably the next couple of months where we'll be doing two short shows a week but this here was a very fun weekend of nfl action both for myself and yourself obviously the packers and the chiefs getting wins Uh, We may see them meet up in the Super Bowl, if all goes according to plan, but um, with that uh, Chiefs game just so explosive, uh, going from one end to the other, it ended up looking like they were going to lose, and then obviously there was the announcement at the end of the game that they had run out of fireworks in the stadium because of all the scoring the Chiefs were putting up on the board, so uh, it must have been an unusual one (laughs) as a a Chiefs supporter watching that one, but uh, I'm sure you enjoyed it. What did you make of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and the experience this weekend?
1: Yeah, it was just a crazy start to that game. You you have the Texans jump out to the lead, and then the Chiefs continuing to to make those mistakes with a fumble, with all the drop passes. Uh, the lead grows up to twenty four to nothing. It's I think it's hard for people who don't live. Or grow up in a certain place to have the same kind of context and feel for what it's like to be a fan of that particular team so we all have our teams where we have this background of having been at the stadium having lived through experiences and so when the titans win on saturday and create a situation where the chiefs have home field advantage throughout the rest of the afc playoffs you know, it's, it creates this amazing opportunity. And yet in talking about it with friends, with family, they had this response of, it doesn't really matter that the chiefs are at home. They weren't necessarily as good at home this season, and then they haven't been that good in the playoffs. And so you try to, to tell people to be excited, to be confident, to be happy about this development uh, that does matter to be at home. And then you see those numbers flash up on the screen of one in seven in their last Eight playoff games at Arrowhead while they're completely falling apart and going down to this margin that is almost impossible to come back from. And yet, the weird thing was that I didn't necessarily feel that concerned because when you go down that early, Then it completely frees you up to play loose and to play with a more optimal play calling to really get out there and attack. And one of the reasons why the Chiefs didn't destroy teams over the second half of the season is they just controlled games. They were up, their defense was playing well, they didn't need to blow them out, they didn't need to do these things that they can do. And one of the things that was so fun about this particular game, beyond just the fact that there's the comeback, there's the comeback all the way in the first half with those 28 points. There's the 41 unanswered. There's the seven consecutive touchdowns. But you just get to see again what Mahomes and this offense can do. And I think that that has to strike fear into all of the rest of the teams alive in the playoffs. And you really hope that this finally breaks the arrowhead curse you know you're looking at those games and the previous largest deficits overcome and one of those pops up there from just a couple of years ago where the chiefs managed to blow a 28 point lead to the colts there at arrowhead so this game i think really changes now the afc picture not just for these playoffs but potentially for the next five six seven eight years it's easy to say well the history doesn't really matter and you have patrick mahomes now but there were some amazing teams during the Schottenheimer era, uh, during the Dick Vermeule era, teams that just dominated and mowed down their opponents throughout the regular season and couldn't get it done in the playoffs. As an organization and as uh, just a team with the history there in the stadium, I think you've exercised some ghosts, and suddenly now you're looking at the Chiefs as the dominant team, certainly in the AFC and perhaps in the entire NFL, not just for this season but for seasons to come. Now, whether or not that means they'll win this year's Super Bowl is certainly a different story.
3: Yeah it's going to be interesting you know people say about you know all the teams for the Chiefs that maybe lost uh, in the last 20 years that doesn't affect this current team but the the reality is if they lose last year to the Patriots in the AFC Championship if they lose this game then as you know heavy favorites heading forward Um, you know psychologically those things do take effect on players no matter how mentally strong you are they can really um, affect things especially when the key elements that like Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, they're all involved in both of those games. But this game was... insane to say the least especially when you see the the numbers put up by Mahomes and also put up by Kelsey and not a huge amount of that then coming outside off those those two putting up the highest combination you know overall Uh, it kind of took me back to the week two game against the Oakland Raiders I watched that game in uh, Kansas City Bar in San Diego with uh, TJ Hernandez and um, they were 10-0 down after the first quarter and they scored 28 unanswered in the second quarter and it kind of reminded me of that and this team more so than any other team That I can remember in the NFL can just really put the points on the board faster than anyone that I know. Just in terms of the explosive nature of this offense and what they've got going. So uh, even for Andy Reid, happy to see them make make it to the next stage. And let's see what happens this week. Um, Can can the Titans knock off one more uh, big dog as they try and head on to to the Super Bowl? It's going to be a fun weekend. Um, um, You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to. I think we'll preview it a little bit more maybe uh, in the second show of the week, but. Before we get into the rest of the show I want to let the listeners know as always they can get a 10% discount to Rotovis NFL Pass right now as a loyal podcast listener that is available through the NFL podcast homepage rotovis.com forward slash podcast that gives you unlimited access to all of our content and tools and best of all it helps supports the pod. Once again that is rotovis.com forward slash podcast get yourself a 10% discount today. So Sean, as we jump into the rest of the show, obviously for the Packers, we didn't mention them in the intro, but it was a fun weekend for uh, the Packers in general as they were able to get over the line. And most of that done through Devontae Adams, who caught eight passes, 160 yards, two touchdowns, um, you know, showed off all the skills that make him one of those top wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, You mentioned in in a piece this week that he could be the second wide receiver off the board in 2020 fantasy drafts. I think the argument is certainly there to be made, um, but in terms of uh, touchdown volume, that's where he kind of makes makes his kind of money in the long run. But um, there's a couple other people I'm sure that will want to have different names mixed in there. But this performance, no doubt, um, was. Uh, able to push him quite considerably up those draft boards. Um, I, I was very impressed. I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, Rodgers over the last couple of weeks. I think this was the best game we had all season in terms of some of the throws he was able to make. But there's no doubt the separation Devonte Adams was getting was certainly helping that. Um, how strongly do you feel about that case for the second wide receiver off the board and those drafts coming up? Uh, you know, kind of June, July, August time.
1: Devonte Adams had a very strange. 2019 we talked about him a little bit as a potential bounce back wide receiver on one of the recent shows and and you were even skeptical that he would really qualify in that area since he had still had a good season on a per game basis and one of the things we talked about there is he actually was number two in terms of expected points per game this season so certainly that's not a down season from that perspective but his efficiency numbers were pretty weird and In researching the game split series that I ran last week ahead of this divisional round, I ran across this bizarre result, right? Where Aaron Rodgers was actually significantly better when Adams didn't play last year. All right, so Aaron Rodgers averaged 9.3 yards per attempt in the games that Adams missed and only 6.4 when he was there. Similar things in terms of touchdowns, a 40 touchdown pace versus a 21 touchdown pace, a five thousand yard pace versus a thirty six hundred yard pace, and that's really weird when you know just how much they rely on him. Right? Some other just fluky kinds of stats that popped up there, in that. Alan Lazard and Jake Kumaro, they were the two most efficient targets for Aaron Rodgers on the season as a whole. They were also efficient in that absence, where they both averaged over 10.5 yards per target when Adams was out. He then came back, and Adams only averaged 6.8 yards per target for that stretch upon his return. And it's not like he wasn't heavily targeted. His target share rose to 32%, which is you know a monster number, obviously in that final stretch so interesting that they used him a lot struggled with him a little bit now because he had such big volume he had averaged 20 points a game or he'd had 20 points a game in three of his last four he has the huge game in the playoffs giving him for the last five and it's kind of cool because the 16.7 fantasy points over expectation that he scored in this game their biggest game of the season against seattle that was double his total for the entire regular season it was also more than he had posted any single regular season game in his career obviously he's had a lot of big games so this really reinforces just how massive this performance was and just how crucial it was when you consider that the seahawks came back actually looked like at one point late in the game that they might be in position to go ahead and, and have a similar sort of comeback victory to what the chiefs did so huge game from adams when we look at how he and rogers are developing in this offense a different offense than they've had in the past some different types of expectations but with the workload that he's getting and i think a, a comfort level that belies the efficiency stats that we saw at the end of the regular season i think you've got to be very encouraged that he's maybe one of the only receivers who could have that 300 plus point type of performance in 2020, which would be similar to what he did in 2018.
3: Yeah, it's a it's an incredibly uh, impressive performance. And even this week, uh, his, his target share was above the 32% that you mentioned over the final six weeks. So that looks destined to continue. Uh, maybe they'll get some wide receiver help in, in the offseason. But I think in terms of uh, favorite wide receivers that are heavily targeted, I don't think there's many that are going to be targeted as much as Adams from a quarterback of Rodgers' uh, capabilities. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that rolls as we head in to 2020. Uh, Another player that fits into that mold is Travis Kelsey. Um, Obviously, this this, uh, week's game in the playoffs, uh, absolutely phenomenal um, in terms of what he did. But if you look throughout the season, a lot of people might be thinking it was a down year for Travis Kelsey but you know performing you know as that top tight end in the league um, and PPR again um, and being able to do that it's just that our expectations for him are so high based on what we thought going into the season Sean uh, based on what he turned out to be in the regular season do you think he was a disappointment this year do you think people are just expecting something great from a great player and maybe he just didn't live up to the highest of expectations we had?
1: I think anytime that you have Mahomes miss that stretch and you have him not find the end zone quite like we would like, then it's going to be a little bit disappointing because the ceiling here is so, so high. And anytime you have that kind of a ceiling, if it comes through, it can be a, Just a complete difference maker for your fantasy teams. So it makes sense for it to be disappointing. However, when you look through, you pull up his ranks in the NFL Stat Explorer, you see number one in targets, number two, number one in receptions, number one in receiving yards, number one in air yards, number one in PPR, number one in per game, and number two in expected points per game. Now, the area that he drops down a little bit, and this is just again a little bit, is fourth in terms of the total touchdowns at the position. He was only sixth in fantasy points over expectation. But when you combine the expected points, the points over expectation you know again he finished first there so he's dominating this position and anytime that you have a player of this caliber paired with a quarterback of this caliber then you're going to see the kinds of things that we saw this weekend really one of the great quarters in in all of nfl history right during that comeback he had six catches 63 yards three touchdowns Uh, if you're playing in the ffpc uh postseason tournament you got 30 points In that quarter, well, that's the the regular uh, tight end scoring, so more points for that with the tight end premium, and so you you know you see this as this legendary performance, and certainly not a surprise that it would come from Travis Kelsey, considering how good he is and, and what the context is for the team.
3: Yeah, an absolutely insane quarter uh, performance. And that was the one downside, I guess we'll say on the season. You mentioned there on the touchdowns. That's probably the one area where people's expectations are an overall fantasy point. Some people might just be chasing the box score or watching the box score, seeing how many touchdowns he gets on a weekly basis. Everything was there this season the touchdowns are just a bit lower but when you see games like this um, it's not going to happen all the time but that upside is there um you know two touchdowns performances are definitely in his realm of possibility and then a three touchdown performance this week obviously extended that was interesting both plays for for two of his touchdowns very very similar in terms of how they came about and obviously with a player like Mahomes they, they seem to have um, you know quite a kind of a mind melt almost where they, they know what the other one's kind of thinking there um, it's just a su- super impressive you touched on it there Sean in terms of the the ffpc uh tournament obviously we talked about it before and i know derrick henry was somebody you thought was a very strong possibility uh, and obviously then um somebody like kelsey would have you boosted up dramatically but how are those teams faring for you so far um i, I know a couple of them: lamar jackson was in, in the mold there and the mix obviously finished pretty good with a fantasy day in terms of and that loss but how are the teams looking any of them in uh you know a strong position at this current time
1: Yeah, so the the teams that I put together were were for my own planning there. And uh, one of the reasons why I liked having Mahomes as the quarterback is that it puts you in that situation where I felt like the Chiefs or the Ravens, that team that was going to come through there. And we talked about, and uh, one of our uh, sort of long shot picks that actually did come through for us, we talked about the Titans being that real dark horse candidate for the season and yeah the Titans knocking them off there continuing to move along that definitely puts you in a situation now where those Mahomes quarterback teams I think are going to be the powerhouses certainly if you have Kelsey that's even better at least better in the short term moving back away from that for a second I think that one of the interesting things we saw in this game is that the Texans were successful in taking away Tyreek Hill he took the big hit early on and yet we're not successful in limiting the Chiefs at all. And I think that if you are a Hill owner or a Kelsey owner, that also has to be encouraging to you in some ways, even though if you own Hill and FFPC this week, you're looking at uh, this massive Chiefs performance and yet it didn't help you one bit that still has to be encouraging because there is just no way that you can shut the chiefs down by taking away a single guy like that you look at the methodology that teams like the patriots some of these good defensive teams will try to do where you take away the main playmaker and say okay patrick mahomes beat us with demarcus robinson and you see how demarcus robinson performed in this game and for a couple of possessions there it looks like well maybe this will work and yet we see what happens at once the Chiefs get it going. I think this is a reason to be excited about Hardman. Certainly, even with this game being a big bust, it's a reason to, uh, not that you don't already have him up there, but to keep Hill very high in your dynasty rankings, maybe even higher than Kelsey when you consider the age of the two players. Kelsey, after this game, possibly presents that that sell opportunity where you could actually unload an older player at a huge price whereas the older players even when they're as dominating as kelsey i think it can be hard to sell and get back what you might need to change your roster around certainly selling an older player who hasn't had the touchdown season people were hoping this game now presents that opportunity hill might be a little bit of a buy
3: before we get to the second half of the show i just want to let you know about our friends over at It. ever see an untucked button-down shirt well the one time or any time i see them it always is a case that they look pretty bad and why is that that's because they're not meant to be worn that way thankfully with untucket the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked no matter what your shape or size untucket shirts always fall perfectly at that untucked style to the untucked length that it should go to with more than 50 plus fit combinations untucket shirts look great on tall slim short and athletic guys of all ages you know, I, I've talked about this on previous shows. I'm a taller guy. It's very hard to get regular shirts that fit, but uh, Tucket are perfect for just getting it. to just fall that exact right length so you can wear it with comfort and uh, look stylish while doing. So you can choose from so many different options from wrinkle-free button downs to super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. So whether you're shopping for a perfect gift or just trying to look smart and get a relaxed style uh, for your own clothing on tucket is the way to go you can head over now as a loyal listener of the show use the code blue for twenty percent off at ontucket.com you can add that in at checkout once again that is ontucket.com the promo code is blue for twenty percent off once more ontuckit.com so, Sean, you mentioned there just a moment ago, you mentioned the possibility of trading somebody like a Travis Kelsey. Um, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes and with tight ends tending to play uh, a little bit longer than those wide receivers in terms of, I guess we'll call it the, the age cliff. Um, Would you be willing to to part with Travis Kelsey? And you mentioned you mightn't be able to get what you would need to, to make that move. Obviously, having him linked to Mahomes and the connection the two of them have, it would take a huge offer to, to be moving him on.
1: It would, but I would still like to do it. one of the things that we're going to have on the site over the next couple of weeks are is a series where we look at the very top players, a player like Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and what you would need to get back to trade them. And if you could manage to pull the trigger emotionally, even if you got that back, uh, that kind of corresponds with some of the things we're doing with our prospect series and our prospect research Right now, we're in the midst of three simultaneous rookie mocks where we have a regular mock going, a super flex mock going, and a tight end premium mock going. It's interesting to see where the different prospects are falling in those different drafts, looking at where the tight ends might rise in the tight end premium. Obviously, there's only a certain amount that you're going to give to that, but In some of these leagues, the kitchen sink, for example, uh, that tight end premium does really make a little bit of a difference when you're looking at it, not just in terms of, okay, I want to have a dominating tight end for the tight end position, but they become more viable as flex options as well. And certainly if you stack two or three of them, then not only do you have good flex options, but the rest of the league is really playing catch up just at their starting tight end position. That gives them a, quite a bit of trade value and moves them into a category where they might be just below that top tier of guys, the McCaffreys and the Michael Thomases. And then you start to look at some of these prospects. Uh, a draft that is definitely loaded at the running back position is very interesting at the wide receiver position because we have a number of wide receivers who are expected to be picked very, very early. Maybe don't have the market share numbers that we would expect for those draft slots. However, because of the team context in which they play, Oklahoma, Alabama, you're certainly competing with other top guys and cannibalizing a little bit of that opportunity. So, interesting to see where someone like a CD Lamb goes and how much of a difference that makes in terms of his Debbie value transitioning then into rookie value. But if you can go into 2020 and get yourself another middle tier tight end, a first round rookie pick in the top four to five, perhaps a 2021 rookie pick and another veteran player to sort of fill out your roster. Then a move like that becomes intriguing in that you want to continually churn to continually add to the bottom and have guys who are then going to increase in trade value. We've talked on the show in the past about the way in which the only time players who are in the NFL, Actually, move up in trade value on average obviously you're going to have different individual situations where you have guys break out in year three or year four year five what have you but the only time when the players increase in trade value on average is from that first to second season and so when you're looking at a rookie being drafted then where he's going to go the next year we talk so much about uh, irrational exuberance with the rookies and how overvalued those rookie picks can come Directly in the context of a draft but the thing that we also see then is that because the players that hit do increase so much that you can still profit from that and the other thing that you can do then is make sure that you have young players that helps you both in terms of having that big window perhaps for their peak but also the trade value window where if you need to make some other moves on your roster you can do it once you start to get into the range where the players are older it's very difficult to spin them for other players of a similar value and so you get more locked into your own roster which i think causes some problems in terms of long-term construction you think about someone like a ty hilton who is an awesome player but the trade value that he's going to have because of his age the offense the injuries and just the reaction that people have to the very last season that's passed makes it much more difficult to really get anything back out of him. You look at someone like a Travis Kelsey. And while I expect him to continue to perform at a high level for a while in this offense, we just talked about how he's a very unique kind of player. You also want to protect yourself against the situation that you might have with a Calvin Johnson or Rob Gronkowski, where you have these players who go from extreme levels of trade value to nothing overnight And you just simply can't afford to lose that value on your dynasty teams. So my rule of thumb is always to sell a little early as opposed to selling late and try and stay young, really focus on getting multiple pieces. The thing that can help you in making these trades is there is such a preference within the dynasty community, within the trade community to always get the best player in any given trade that you can sometimes use that to advantage to your advantage by getting more players and more quality players than you really should be able to get because you've given up the best player in that swap
3: yeah it's very very interesting when you think about it like you just when you were mentioning there i looked up uh gronkowski's you know age versus kelsey because i thought it would be pretty close but there's only five months i know i know gronk obviously had a lot more injuries but there's only five months between the two of them kelsey has had his fair share of injuries throughout his career so it's it, it is interesting to think of it when you look and you know nobody really seen calvin johnson we we thought he might try and move on from the lions we didn't expect him to to pull the plug that quick and retire so it's, it can be interesting to to see it's gonna be interesting then uh, to see what value can be there but like that you could you could really turn your whole kind of dynasty roster around in, in one trade if you did have a player like that and you did need to strengthen in other areas as well so an interesting thing to, to think about that I'm sure a lot of people listening to the show hadn't probably had on their minds before listening today Sean uh, the other player we're going to mention here and he, he you mentioned Russell Wilson earlier in the show uh, Tyler Lockett was a huge part of that production for Wilson in terms of them getting back in the game and We've seen over the last couple of weeks really, uh, we've seen flips from week to week between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in terms of their performances. We've seen the previous week where uh, Metcalf again had a big performance. But that has been kind of a trend from about kind of week 10 10 or 12 onwards for the Seahawks team. Um, Wilson, I think, has to be, I know know we can talk about Mahomes, we can talk about Jackson, I think in terms of all-round quarterback that can rush and can pass wilson has to be one of the hardest to be able to prep for and i was glad to see that they didn't play the first half the way they played the second half against the packers but the way that he can scramble and and cause chaos um, on the field and from lots of different options is uh, it's just amazing to watch one of my favorite players to watch unless he's playing <laughs> playing against uh, the team i'm rooting for but in that process obviously tyler lockett um had a, a very good performance here um you know overall what's your thoughts heading in in this split between Metcalf and uh, Lockett heading like out of the two I would still much prefer Lockett we've talked about Metcalf a good few times on the show I think there's no doubt that Lockett uh, would be the one I'd be targeting here what's your thoughts again because it comes into that age conversation as well there's quite a gap between the two of them uh, in terms of their career
1: definitely and I think it depends a lot on what you're looking for if you're looking to 2020 or if you're looking bigger picture I always prefer the younger player here especially when Metcalf performed earlier in his career which uh, is something that is very positive in terms of looking at the career arc we would expect from some of these guys so it wouldn't surprise me at all if he overtakes Lockett next season although again so much of what we saw from Lockett this year was depending on how he was from a health perspective. He was one of the best players in the NFL through the first nine weeks, Averaged 5.5 fantasy points over expectation during that time period. And just like clockwork, every game putting up numbers that you really only get if you're a star or if you're a good player paired with Russell Wilson. We talk about how Russell Wilson Uh, outperforms from an efficiency perspective passing to his guys just year in year out uh, these gaudy numbers and so much of that is that ability that you mentioned which is to extend the play and then hit on a deep pass after the defense is broken down
3: so we covered a couple of interesting topics there in today's show i, I really enjoyed listening as sean talked through the the proposal for travis kelsey and you know how we could look to turn that into uh you know some positive trade talks um, for the rest of the off season. so i'm going to have a look around uh, and see anyone moving those sort of players for any interesting values now i'm looking forward sean teased it again this week the piece coming out about trading those kind of top assets like a christian mccaffrey or like a travis kelsey so that'll be fun to break down on one of the upcoming shows as well but with that it's going to do it for today. Today's edition of the show uh, as always make sure you're subscribed and following along on whatever device you listen to us on whether that's on uh, apple music whether that's on your favorite podcast player make sure you enjoy us uh, and subscribe to be able to hear each and every show once it comes out we'll be back later in the week uh, with another edition of the show and um, so do stay tuned for that and as always thanks for tuning in until we're back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotevizradio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rhodeviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?